The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. the stuff broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, formerly broadcasting from sexy, steamy Studio City, California. This is the Napsock Files. I'm Ken Napsock, and this is the 200th edition of a show I started on a whim, but a whim that took me a while to act upon. We are celebrating today... You know, that's a weird word these days, but I still believe you got to take the small joys and take the small victories, for life is too short. A lot of us have been dealing with that lately. A lot of us uh, in my circle reminded uh, of that lately. A lot of names. I won't put one over the other right now, but uh, it's... These are tough times, but I'm here to tell you, keep looking forward. Keep looking towards the horizon. Dawn on the fifth day. Look and you'll find some hope. And that's what we're about here today. Celebrating small victories. And I'm proud to say that I am now 200 episodes into Napsack Files proper. Not the official name. As the, the old theme song plays, The Majestic March of Text Honey. If you're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Napsack, you, uh... You uh, you get to hear this on five extra minutes every week. It's my old wrestling theme music, and therefore it became because it's the only song I had at the time. My Knapsack Files theme. The Knapsack Files was something I had wanted to do for a bit once podcasting came into my life, and once I was smushed into podcasting. As you have heard me say before, but I'll bring it up here again. I, I get a little stubborn. I don't learn the lessons I should all the time. And when I learn them, I sometimes need to relearn them. I, being an old radio man, did not like these whippersnapper podcasts that were appearing in the mid-2000s. This is when I first started hearing the term podcast. And the people who had these so-called podcasts, these radio shows in your room. And it scared me because I wanted to do it. But I just didn't know how. So what happens when you're afraid, when you have fear? You turn against the thing you fear instead of conquering it or coming to terms with it or making peace with it or just not being fearful of it. And that was me with podcasting. But finally it began. Thanks to my friend Tim Powers, I had some gear. I'm going to play a clip here shortly of the first episode. And you'll see the gear was a little old and the gear I just didn't know exactly what to do I've all, I'm always tweaking with my settings my settings even last year have changed people always ask me Ken, Ken uh, could you give me some advice on podcasting I can give you advice on a lot of things about podcasting even gear when it comes to like settings sound settings I just love effing around with it quite frankly until I find something that I like and then the next week I'm like oh, I like that even better and I've watched the videos I've talked to sound people I like what I do but with that early those uh, early pieces of equipment back in uh, 2013, 
Man, it's a different show. It's hard for me to listen, but we're going to play a clip here in a second. But my friend Tim Powers gave me the stuff, an old radio man himself, but he, unlike me, had embraced podcasting. I've been doing uh, several different kind of podcasts, including some of comic books, and with uh, an old pal of his and everything, and I had been on his show, and he was just trying to encourage me to do it, and I just, again, I was afraid. So I acted like I was above it. It's kind of like how I became a Spice Girls fan, to be honest with you. But I finally sat down and did it. But even then, and I think about February of 2013, I've been producing the Schmoes No Podcast for a bit, a couple months by then. And I thought, let's do this. So I got that gear. I mean, I think it was a $20 mic. It was an old four-mixer, four-channel mixer, beat-up Radio Shack thing. That Tim gifted me, and I ended up getting a second one because that one was kind of went wonky. And I bought that one like on eBay, right? And that that was the beginning. So it didn't sound good, but I had it. And then I just got fearful again. Once I had it, it's hard to put stuff out. It's hard to commit to it. And then if you start a podcast, it only can really grow if you keep it consistent and keep it on a, a similar day and, and, and build and build and build. And even then, that's a struggle. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. But I finally did it. And the first episode was released May 2nd, May 2nd, 2013. Oh, it seems like only yesterday. It's literally 12 lifetimes ago. I brought in a couple friends uh, over the course of a week or two and did some pre-tapes and thought, oh, I'll, 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 I'll release these. I'll have four episodes ready to go. And then I can start bringing in people weekly. Uh, you got to set those workflows. You got to set those schedules. And it took me a while. I sat with those episodes. It just was, how do you do this? Should I do this? Does anyone want to hear? And the first episodes were rough. They're me finding my style, finding how to interview. I, I had some basic skills. I had some experiences, clearly, from radio and entertaining and comedy. But you got to find your voice on your podcast and you got to find how to do it. You got to find what you want to say and how you want to be and the tone and all those kind of things. The audio, aesthetic, everything. And I hadn't found it yet, but I still love these episodes from a certain point of view. They're, they're, they're tough to listen just on the sound quality for me, but they're me finding my way. And I remember, man, I remember I got a view. I got a review, an indirect review, by the way, from someone that I worked with. I've mentioned this in other spots. I may have mentioned this in five extra minutes on my Patreon page, but someone I'd worked with, he was like an AD on a, on a pilot I shot. It was cast in with a, a friend of mine who wrote and directed and uh, independent pilot. And it was a great guy. We connected. He was an AD. He was a hardworking dude. Comedy, improv guy too. So we connected over Facebook. And then when I launched the podcast, you know, you put it on, put it on Facebook. I didn't have a professional page at the time. And he just put it on, put it on the Facebook. And, uh, but I say on the Facebook, like I'm 70, get on the TikTok. And this guy, without saying my name, without saying my name, ripped into my podcast. Now, hey, Ken, he could have been talking about anything else. It was so timed. It was like my episode, my Facebook post went up and like the next day, this guy ripped into it by in, in like a three, four paragraph. I'm a podcast aficionado. I listen to a lot of them. And here, let me tell you, I will always listen to a podcast to give it a try. But here's some things. And he, and he ran like a, almost like a top 10 list of how a podcast would be bad. And I'm telling you, every point was specific to my episode <laughs> that I had released. 
So I felt really bad, man. I felt really bad. But I had these other episodes in the can, so I just kind of worked through it. But also, it's important to, to, to take some of those criticisms of your projects and see what's real about it and what you know is something you can improve on because you can always improve. I, I am in that, um, I'm in that spot constantly. What can I do to make it better? What can I do to d- adapt and change? Saturday Night Napsock is a lesson in me find, refinding some comedy um, chops, reconnecting with the written word, and uh, producing podcasts that have a little more producing into them. Uh, but I also love to just get on the microphone and just stumble and bumble and find my way through it. That's a lot of times where I excel. One of our listeners over on the Discord server, uh, Trey, definitely not Trey, username, uh, said he loves Off the Cuff Ken, which, you know, is a great improv group name. And, and that's always been what the Napsack Files has been about. Every interview was conducted with almost, not no prep, like I, I went in like an amateur, just nah, nah, let me just figure this out. But just like, I got this person, I either know this person or I'm going to discover this person. Let's go for it, and I'll have a couple questions. Uh, I'd love to get people's reaction to things. You, you'll hear me often. If I, if I got someone who goes through a big change or takes a big leap, I'm fascinated with the moments before, during, and after the, the, that decision-making process that's big to me, things I like to know. Uh, and also, I just like to chit-chat and find them and find their personality. And we've done that for about 200 times. Uh, like I said, some of these episodes, some of these Knapsack Files 200 episodes, have some solo content in them, what I'm counting. And by the way, my, my number system sometimes is, is different. The stuff that I'd released during the, the height of the, um, the moments and the days after uh, the George Floyd, uh, uh, the riots more specifically that were breaking uh, out over that, or not just uh, the actual day that uh, his death happened, but like that weekend I released reps. I didn't, I didn't want to number those. Those aren't any numbered. That's just its own own thing, its own message, its own world. Not that it's not all connected to me and my beliefs or what's going on, but just, you know, I say that to say, inevitably I will get some kind of tweet or message or something. Hey, I counted your episodes, Ken. This is actually episode 202. No, this is episode 200 and I'm happy to celebrate it and spend it with all of you. You actually are all the guests today. I put a call out to leave a message on the Anchor page, uh, the Knapsack Files Anchor podcast page, and uh, I'm going to play them. Uh, I have done some peeking at them, uh, only because I want to make sure none of you wrote um, anything dirty. Um, oh, Graham Butler, he might have written, he might have said something written, I might have recorded something dirty. No, I'm fine. Um, I'm kidding, Graham. Um, and that's what's going to, that's what we're going to be doing. And I, I did ask some folks, don't, don't praise me. I'm just a man with a microphone. The guests are what made this show. The community around it that has sprung up around it. Uh, yeah, through something like the Patreon page, which is made to support me and my business. Uh, the Discord community, which is an extension of that. That's where the community started, but it, it grew because of the folks uh, who are part of that. Uh, and we always do that shout-out of the executive producer supporters, which are Thomas Riesling, Lethal Logan X, Bedore. Matt Thompson just recently got married to Shelly. Congratulations. Taymor. Taymor just sent me a bottle of whiskey that I cried when I opened it because it looked so beautiful. As did Nathan Ovendale, first rate Nate, who just had a child. He and his wife uh, had a child, Jet. And uh, first rate Nate celebrated by sending me and Joseph Scribshaw at Force Center some, some whiskey. 
You don't have to do that, Nathan. Zach Anderson, Ty Schallenberger, uh, who is uh, one of my oldest friends, actually going back to high school, Chad Benefield, Tommy Terry Green, Jonas Berger, and Andrew Slanner. Old and so you'll hear from here in a second, him from in a, hear from him in a second. After all these years, still can't talk. I haven't learned. Zach Taylor and Ranger Donald. Donald Long is what we call him as well. His proper Christian name. I dare say Ranger Donald isn't your Christian name. So you're gonna, you guys, uh, you guys uh, invest in me on Patreon, patreoncom slash catnapsack. But uh, I've always want to say I want to invest back in you because you all have really truly made my silly little dreams come true. I often, in my own, just in my own life, when I'm sitting around a fire pit, think back to my youth, um, and I have the recording. I, I found and storage those old tapes. Um, and I have, I have the recording of me and my father and I'm like three years old and it's on a reel to reel and we're telling a little improv story and I'm trying to transfer it. I do have the device to transfer it, but, but for whatever reason it's, it's recording, um, my old radio air checks. Perfect. This touching story that I actually was kind of maybe hoping to play on tonight's show, just not recording right. So, uh, we'll get to that deadline, but that's where I started. Me. A microphone and no plan. And just my dad and I telling stories. And then along the way, I grab, uh, I remember I had like a Fisher Price boombox, for lack of a better description. Big clunky buttons, play, put a cassette tape in there. And then I had a record. I had a built-in microphone on the end of it. And I had a record button. And when I discovered that, the possibilities were endless. And I'd interview my sister. I'd have pretend guests. I'd interview them. Uh, I used to do a fake cooking show which is weird because recently i've started to cook more and get into it and get really invigorated by cooking um i just oh my god i made something today for grace and i'm calling them pesto dillas it's like a caprese quesadilla and it's great uh <laughs> so i used to do that as a kid like we're talking six seven eight and you didn't i didn't think about it, it wasn't like I, it wasn't like at six or seven i was like oh I remember when dad and i used to record the stories on the reel to reel let me try that now and, and then I wanted to be other things. I wanted to be George Lucas. I wanted to be Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, too. I also wanted to uh, become a baseball player. I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live and do stand-up comedy and sketch comedy and all those type of things, and that was high school for me. Uh, a little bit of acting here and there. I, you know, uh, then baseball was always a dream. That was never going to happen, but uh, <laughs> then when I, when I finally faced that, I was like, oh, I'll do comedy, do stand-up comedy. But it was radio that emerged. And that's what I started doing, started interning at 19. Uh, but along the way, it's interesting, during my early junior high, high school days, well, late junior high, early high school, 8th, ninth, 10th grade, I used to record radio shows, put parentheses around uh, radio, quotations, parentheses, both. I used to, I'm t this is what I would do. I would go in my, my room. And on a uh, boombox with a also a clock radio, so I'd have the boombox had a microphone, a little attachment. My dad gave it to me. Might even been like the same microphone we use in his own reel to reel. Now that I think about it, it looked like a little something like the stormtroopers or Luke Skywalker uses when he's in the trash compactor to speak to C three PO. And then the cassette deck would have i'd have songs that are recorded off the radio so i could pitch it to you know here's a 59th street bridge song uh you know uh, feeling groovy here we go by harper's bazaar and i would uh, be a dj didn't really know it, but i also would have guests 
that were me and doing other voices. Uh, later on, I became a huge fan of Phil Hendry. I'm not saying Phil Hendry stole it from anything from me, kids. Um, but I just was mesmerized that Phil was doing this at a professional level and at a genius-like level. I'm, I'm nowhere near Phil Hendry. Um, but this is what I was doing, eighth and ninth grade. I, I'd have characters, and I'd literally interview. I had a producer character. I grabbed an empty um, paper towel tube, and I spoke down it as if I was a producer in another studio. I didn't even really know what that meant, but I, I did it. And I'd uh, talk about Star Wars, too, and Legos, sets, and baseball. And then I'd, uh, you know, play video game baseball and be interested in pro wrestling. And it just hit me recently that, in large part because of the lockdown, I'm in my room. I love pro wrestling. I talk Star Wars. I play baseball and MLB the show, and I have a bunch of fake created players just like I used to do back in the day. And I have podcasts, and I'll bring in real humans, and I'll talk to them. But now I'm finding myself invigorated and just really just passionate about this silly little show I release on Saturdays, most Saturdays, called Saturday Night Napsock, which actually is not about Saturday Night Live, though it's kind of morphing into something like that. It actually, more than anything, is it was a playoff Saturday Night Special, which is what I called the Friday Night or Saturday Night Lineup for a while. And it hit me the other day in the best way possible, because this could be dangerous. This could show a lack of change and growth. But I am sitting in my room, interested in, in all those things, talking about all those things, sitting here on a microphone with a couple recording devices, playing silly characters. I'm no voice actor. It's more the attitude than it is the voice. Doing little sketches, doing little things that make me laugh, that hopefully have a, a pinch of insight, and are me. And though there's always a struggle, and though Bill's debt and all those real world things and depression and doubt and all those things are there. I didn't have that. I had that in other areas, but in eighth grade, ninth grade, I didn't have that when I was in front of a microphone in my room. I didn't care. Now, now, now granted, I wasn't releasing it to the public. If I had a friendster, if I had at least had friendster back, back in junior high, high school, I would have released it then, right? Maybe then I would have felt some of that doubt. But I didn't. I just wanted to have fun. It just was my element. It wasn't what I was doing. It's what I was doing at three on my dad's reel to reel with, with my dad and I telling these stories. And it hit me the other day. That's what I always wanted to do. It was always what I was doing. I just had to find my way back to it. Nah, there's other things I want to do. Writing, screenplays, little acting here. If the Wangers or RB3 will cast me in something, I'll always do it. There's a lot of those things. But right now, I'm fortunate enough to be eaten by some sort of living, and I will put quotations around that, doing exactly what I did as a kid. And again, that could be dangerous, right? You don't want to, you know, I live in a van down by the river. is not a great thing. But, but man, that kind of oddly inspired me. It was a small victory, a small joy. I keep talking about that in these tough times. And you got to have those. you got to pick those out, even if your day is the worst day possible. What's some small joy you can take from it to get you back tomorrow? And I'm taking a, a, a big joy in realizing, holy smokes, this was in me all along. This is where I need to go. And I'm so happy that you all make it viable. Not financially, not in a career, but just... You make it real. 
and you make it fun. And the community that sprung up around this podcast, tiny and mighty, like a good chihuahua. It's powerful and it feeds me. And I hope I don't let you all down. You all invest in me, and that's every listener. That's not just Patreon supporters or anyone who supports me on Twitch or any of those things we do in this in this direct-to-consumer uh, uh, environment we are now. But the, if you've listened, if you've liked a tweet promoting the podcast, if you told a friend, if you picked up a T-shirt and you wore it out in public and someone asked about it, or you just listened... And, and you've never to this day introduced yourself to me over uh, Twitter or uh, social media or at a live event or anything. And you just listened every day. You saw me on some YouTube show or something and you checked into what I was doing and you, and you stuck around. You all have made this something. And I'm moved and honored and blessed. And again, I hope I never let you all down. Um, speaking of letting myself down, let's go. <laughs> let's listen to this clip. He's one of my best pals, man, and I do believe in, in seasons and times and chapters of life and people move in and out, and I always talk about Hall of Fame friendships, and I think it's important, especially if you're out there listening and you're a little younger. I think you learn this kind of later. We can sometimes hold on to friendships as they were, and you don't allow yourself change and growth, and then what steps in maybe... Maybe a person close to you ends up getting someone in their life, maybe even a spouse or a partner and uh, or another just another best friend. Right. And, and you start getting worried about that or nervous about that. And what's your place? And they were, we were inseparable. Matt Key and I have been Hall of Fame friends from 2006 on. And there are times where I'll go maybe even a couple months without talking to him now because life moves so fast. Really, it's not the case. We're, we're, we're in pretty constant contact. But there's been those stretches of time. He's been busy or I've been busy, but we're always there for each other. And even though there was a time I was really entrenched in his circle of, of friends more directly, a big, cool nerd crew, where I kind of had the Schmoes crew or my work crew and my day job crew and uh, or sports fans. And Matt's not a big sports, you know, but Matt and I have always found common ground. We've always met up for coffee, for pizza, for burritos, for tacos, or just a conversation. He's one of the last people I'll, I'll feel just great about getting on the phone with. I don't do that much, right? We all don't do that much. And so I love listening to this interview. It's 2013 because we're already reminiscing at 2005 or six ranch where we first met. And here we are in 2020. And I think it's important for people to listen to me, to this one thing. I, I, I don't know much, but when someone moves, it moves into your life, into your space and they're a friend, now, romantic relationships might be a little different. But even then, they people move in and out of your lives. And unless they're a problem and toxic and you need them out of yours and you need to be out of theirs, that's, we're not talking about that. But just in general, don't hold on too tight because then you might lose what we have. There's been several friends in my life that were a constant presence every day and then they, they faded back a little bit and, and it worried me when I was younger. I don't know. It's like I was a big, I am a big Beatles fan, but I was a huge Beatles fan in high school and I used to know every little detail about the band and I don't anymore. So oddly enough, I would start to question, maybe I don't like the Beatles anymore. Maybe they don't mean as much to me. No, of course they do. Life moves in a different direction and I don't have the time or even the will or desire to, desire to sit and read a book detailing every professional day of the Beatles' life, which I still have that book, by the way. 
I'm still a Beatles fan. Matt Key and I are still best friends. We're still in each other's life uh, in a way that's so powerful. And that's only happened because we've moved and grooved and evolved as friends over time. I've watched him get married. Literally, I watched him. I was officiating the wedding. I was there. He's watched me go through struggles, finally find someone. Uh, he's watched me uh, go through career career changes, career failures. Uh, I've done the same with him. We've worked uh, together uh, on things that are still alive, even though we thought they were dead. It's, it's just amazing. So uh, I wanted to play this clip of Matt, not just for a time capsule look back at the Napsock files and how bad it sounded, but also just to acknowledge a friendship that's powerful and vibrant and slightly different than even it was back here in 2013 in terms of regular contact or seeing we used to write with each other every week. And I hope that hits with all of you out there that uh, you've got people in your life that it's okay to realize they were number one on the depth chart here today. They might be two tomorrow. They might be number one again, but they're still here. Hold on to those friends. Hold on to those friends because life is short and well, life is short. So let's look back. I'll be honest with you. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna t- key up. Uh, key up this. I was. I was gonna tee up this key clip. Key up this key clip. Still would have worked with a little more humor. But it, it just struck me, probably with recent events, that um, the value of friendship and the value of of letting those friendships grow and change and evolve and how they become even more powerful. Uh, as as we look back. So, anyways, um, hey, let's go back to jokes. <laughs> I read it over and over. Like I was just you just took in that one, and you're like, this might be the only one my parents let me have. Yeah. Oh, I I, I had it memorized for a while. Like did, I loved it. Did it have anything inside the comic that made you want to hide it from your parents? Like, oh, they're gonna this is gonna I, prove their theory. I didn't think so, but I can remember my mom and dad looking at it and just kind of questioning it. Yeah. So, like, I never really got other comics. Uh, until, until, uh, and to this day, Nightcrawler is one of my favorite characters yeah. because he's actually, he's, his character as written is a cat is Catholic. That's awesome. And he talks about God all the time. I, um, well, not all the time, but enough. I go into that. There was a GI Joe, I think it was issue 43 from the memory serves. And on the cover was, uh, basically death shooting a machine gun. And it was in a red Cape cow combo and it was a skeleton and he looked very menacing. And I remember, you know, I got my 75 cents and I went in, my mom dropped me off and I, saw that that was the one I had to buy. Of course, I was going to have, I was going to buy it. Yeah. And I bought it and I had some extra money and I bought another just random comic and hid the G.I. Joe one inside that comic because I did not want my mother to see the demonic skeleton shooting a machine gun on the cover. <laughs> and I think to this day, I probably would hide it from her. Oh, yeah. I Well, I, I don't think I would for my parents. And when the G.I. Joe team released their new boat called the Devilfish, I hid that from her too. Well, that's devil. Yeah. <laughs> so I sympathize, I sympathize. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's how you and I became friends. We kind of both came out of that environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, all right. I, I can't, I can't take it anymore. Anyways, that was earlier that we were talking us talking about how we first discovered comics and our early ex- experiences buying comics. Um, in uh, in our uh, in our upbringing, our upbringings. Uh, that's I, I don't know what, and I remember one of my one of my friends. Um. He's good with sound. He's an artist. Uh, he, he later on became a, a guest on the Knapsack Files. Not too much longer after this episode. I'll have to look that up there. Uh, my friend Casey, and he was like, yeah, you know, the sound 
your sound's kind of muddy. And I was like, ah, yeah, 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 totally. I'll fix that. And I had no idea. I was like, I can't, I can't figure out what he's trying to, I can't figure out. I kind of, I kind of know what he's talking about, but I can't, I just can't hear it. Um, so, uh, that, uh, that's, that's a, that's a blast from the past. Wow. I'm looking at, uh, I'm right now looking at some of the early guests here. Yeah. Casey there, Casey Alexander, episode 21 released nine seventeen. 2013, looking at a roll call of Knapsack Files guests, uh, Matt, my friend Joe, my friend Megan, my friend Joey Rockenstein, uh, my friend Chip Dornell, Mike Beatrice, Christian Harloff, episode eight of the Knapsack Files. That was a big get. And then we did a two-parter. We did the second one was History of Schmoes. No, and that was big. And I get, I'll tell you what, I get a little caught up on numbers. And if you got a podcast going right now, you started one, don't get caught up on the numbers. Get caught up on doing what you need to do and just make good shows. But early on, nine episodes into the Knapsack Files, well, eight, getting Christian on, uh, you know, people love to tune in to hear what he has to say. That was like a big episode. And I was like, oh, I had like 210 downloads or something like that. And then History of the Schmoes episode, that got a lot. I was like, oh, that's great. That's, that's some cool stuff. Uh, I got some big numbers. I crossed 200 an episode. And then uh, my friend Dan Farron, who uh, is now working with me on Box Score Heroes, check out his baseball story. Mark Riley, episode 12. My uh, pal, uh, the, actually at the time roommate, Lou Santini as well. Tim Powers, the great Tim Powers, comes in episode 14. Episode 15, my friend Scott Tommaso, a layman video game player, vi- layman video gamer on Twitch. Give him a follow, a producer too. Great guy. Uh, Josh McCuga comes in for episode 16. Matt and Brittany come back for episode 17. Miss Movies, Brianne Chandler, number 18. And then here it was, the big one. This big episode. Episode 19, Mark Ellis. Mark Ellis at the time. I'm trying to remember the exact number because this was back when I was on Podomatic. Mark was the biggest draw. And before that, you know, people, again, wanted to hear uh, what Christian had to say, uh, wanted to hear the history of the Schmoes, which, by the way, we released that June 28, 2013, and the Schmoes podcast had pretty much, well, it'd been around since 2011, but the version a lot of people came to, to know and love was just a few months earlier. So that was, you know, it was interesting. But the Schmoes went back to 2007, and by then we already had been working together a while. But Mark Ellis's episode... Really, really September 3rd, 2013. You can go back and listen to it. That was the highest one day total I had. That was, that was a big one. Uh, uh, my friend Paul Durso, then Casey Alexander, uh, my old friend, high school buddy, roommate, uh, SpongeBob, uh, story editor for years. My pals, Matt Donovan and Jeff Moody, my hometown, were the next, next episode, episode 22. Matt Donovan, episode 23. I uh, did that on a trip home north. Matt is still the voice of uh, the Knapsack Files. The following That's is Matt. a presentation Matty of morning. Still is. My old radio partner and high school buddy. And then there you go. I get a bonus episode, all right? TNF bonus episode number one. So right there, you could say, well, Ken, we're already at episode 201 for the Knapsack Files. Nope, doesn't count. Uh, Jay Eric, uh, my pal, comes in uh, for episode 24. We do music. I got to get Jay back on talking music, man. We're definitely getting him on Box Score Heroes. And it goes on and on and on. Um, I don't want to, um, I don't want to uh, uh, sit there uh, reading every episode and reminiscing, getting lost and reminiscing. But it, it started to uh, 
started to grow. Uh, Josh Tappy, episode 37. Alicia and uh, Malone and Maude Garrett, episode 38. Mark Riley returns, episode 39. Now we're a year into this. It grows and grows. Oh, Fidstock, this was the one. Tom Dagnino, episode 41. That was the big one. Big episode. Tiffany Smith followed up. Uh, she was next there. That was one of my longer. He, Tom and, and Tiffany, back-to-back, hour-and-a-half episodes. Woo, that was long. TNF episode 43, top five Star Wars moments, mini-sode. So I counted that one as Knapsack Files proper. But it was a backdoor pilot for what kind of would become Star Wars rank, but also Spotlight Star Wars. Scott Mance. And then episode 46 was uh, a very important one. That's uh, actually brought my my therapist on. And uh, Gary Ventimiglia, Dr. Gary Ventimiglia. And we did a look at depression. That's still one of my favorite episodes. Uh, you can check it out, episode 46 on the Knapsack Files. I, I also have a YouTube version of it as well, just an audio version there. That was a, that was kind of an important episode uh, to put out. I was proud to open up the open up my soul for that one there, and, and um, almost kind of go through a session. No, no, actually, it was it was some great stuff. And then the show goes on from there. Again, I, I'm getting caught I'm getting caught up in the nostalgia. A lot of you have been here since the beginning, and I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, time flies. I can't believe uh, we are where we are. In fact, this episode's flying along probably too long. So we're gonna take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we are going to hear from all of you. We've got some calls coming in on Anchor, and I can't wait to really hear. I haven't. I've just kind of peeked at them. I haven't heard them. So if you guys say anything bad, that's on you. Thanks for letting me celebrate the Knapsack Files. Uh, it means a lot to me that you guys will let me do that. Stick around. More celebration on the way. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey y'all, what's going on? This is Kojak. I create music that can be found both on YouTube and SoundCloud, and now I'm a recent streamer on Twitch. So if you're looking for some chill instrumentals, check me out on YouTube and SoundCloud under KOJQ. And for some laughs, you can check my Twitch page under KO underscore JQ. Everyone, please be safe, and thank you. Grace Hancock, and I wanted to let you know that I'm adding new designs to my Society6 shop with several on their way. If you didn't know, you can go to society6.com slash Mrs. Graceface and shop prints of my original artwork, as well as tons of other items like stationery, notebooks, mugs, throw pillows. It's a great place to shop for gifts or just for yourself, especially in my shop if you like witchy expressionism. So head to society6.com slash Mrs. Graceface and check it out.
It's time, baseball fans. The new podcast feed, Box Score Heroes, has arrived. This is the new home of the show, Behind the Bag, with Kat Napsok and Tom Dagnino. And is also the place to find shows like The Legends of the Wax Packs, the only baseball power rankings you need, and My Favorite Baseball, a nostalgic look back at the game we all love, and more. Find the podcast feed on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Box Score Heroes is your podcast home for everyone with a a passion for all things baseball. Um, but through that, I met Freddie B. and John Mackey, who are the local morning DJs on K-Bear 95, California's Rock and Roll Bear, 95.3 on your FM dial, KWBR. Um, and I started interning for them along with my friend uh, Matt Donovan, and then we, we interned. And then um, then uh, station got sold, all the stuff, and all these details. John and Fred had left. And uh, John, his last thing as the program director and the morning show host was to install me as the host. Whew. It was like he was going out the door, and he was like, kid, it's yours. And he just tosses you the keys as yeah, he goes out the yeah. door. You know, we as a morning show, we weren't like uh, Ziggy the Zoom here and doing our right. gigs. And we had we a lot of... Honking horns and stuff. Yeah, we had a lot of obtuse things. I've talked about it before in other places, but like we had a gig where we hired a sports reporter from uh, Ohio named Doug Hickman. Right. And we did this bit for two weeks. We're Doug starting in two weeks, and then we built it up. Doug Hickman, he's coming from... Here's his resume. Big sports fan. Loves the Reds, but... His first day of starting. Sorry, Doug's car broke down. He couldn't get in there. <laughs> we carried it out for about a week and a half. That every tomorrow, Doug is starting, and then finally, the last day, we're like Doug, and we had someone in the background going, "Hey!" And then we made this sound, and we one of our interns tripped, and we like Doug hit his head. Call the police, Doug. Hit his head. <laughs> And so next day, Doug Hickman's been fired, and we actually got some people calling. I don't think that's fair. You didn't give him a chance. He never got to go on air, you know. So it had to come to an end, and and I ended up going. The show broke up. Uh, they they fired us as a morning show host, but he Matt stayed on as the news guy, and I went to grave the graveyard position, and I uh, held down the graveyard spot. Um, and every night for six months, he used a different name, <laughs> and I wrote them all down. Occasional repeat or something like that. And I just, I'd, I'd open up the microphone and be like, KB95, it's Slappy McLeod here. We got a next night, you know, Bannister St. John here. And I was just, right. I was just kind of pissed off, brooding. No one was listening. I loved the graveyard shift. It was, and it ended up being good. Yeah. How many times on your graveyard shift would people call you mid sexual intercourse to request a song? It happened. It happened a lot. It happened a lot. Yeah. I'd get this woman call on the weekends about 2 a.m. requesting some Ted Nugent. And I was hearing some sounds that I was not familiar with myself at the time in the background. Sometimes they were involved in sexual intercourse without a partner. Yeah. I got a lot of that. Yeah. The the night shift over at the uh, like the grocery store would call me. Right. And it was a, he was at the time, he's no longer, but this guy was married to a girl I knew in high school, junior high and elementary school, actually. Right. And he'd be like, hey, I'm, I'm Renee's husband. Oh, cool. And he requested a song. Well, it got to the point where every night, He'd call up and request like a two-hour block of songs for him, him and his staff just to crank up. Oh, I play all of them in a row. You got to program your own yeah. music, you lucky bastard. Exactly. Uh, it was a great time. And after that ended, it ended. I uh, woke up one morning, January 1998, and the boss called me, and everyone was laid off. And the format changed, and my radio career was over. And never to this day, really, I've never got it back. Right. Uh, didn't try. But also, so again, it was something I put aside. Mm-hmm. 
It's something I put behind me, and I got into sketch comedy and writing and stand-up comedy and all that other things, the things that I love and wanted to do. Um, but then uh, then that pull of the microphone and the cords, and it actually was working with the schmoes and working with you. Right. It kind of showed me what was possible in the podcasting world. And uh, that's where I'm at now, doing a lot of stuff in that. We're off and running. And in February 2013, I got some gear thanks to Mr. Tim Powers. You um, helped uh, kind of get me started with some starter gear. Cool. And I recorded my uh, first episodes of the Knapsack Files and haven't looked back since. And we, we've got the Knapsack Files, which went from just a show to a, a podcast feed with different shows. Um, so does it make me any money? Negative money. Negative, literally. Yeah, I lose I some money sometimes, but um, I'm building it, man. All right, that is from episode 68, that clip that you just uh, played there. I titled episode 68, Knapsack on Knapsack via Powers. The, the audacity of me, the Knapsack on Knapsack. Uh, via Powers uh, meant uh, that's when Tim Powers, my buddy, came back and reversed it. And interviewed me, which is interesting because Mark Ellis had done that early on, but a lot had happened since then. About two, three years worth of stuff. More things, some successes, and a big change in my career. It happened in late 2015. And so it was great to sit down with my buddy Tim uh, and just look back. And, and, get, and there you go. That's some of the story. And in that name, I, I told that story of uh, the, the sport, the fake sportscaster. We hired for our morning show back in uh, uh, 97, 98, yeah, 97. Matt Donovan and I came up with that bit, a, a character we called Doug Hickman. And uh, if you're a listener of Saturday Night Napsack, that name should sound familiar to you. So uh, that clip was actually pulled by the great Old Handsaw, uh, who is a, a valuable member of the Patreon uh, community for uh, Napsack Files and, and uh, the other shows. I want to thank him for pulling that clip from me. And so I could uh, reminisce with you all there. All right. I have uh, stalled long enough. Let's get to it. Let, I, let's get to it. Let's hear some calls. This one is from our friend Graham. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. This is Edinburgh FM calling out to you from three past three in the morning. We are always going to be talking cults where Ken is concerned. <laughs> Graham out there at Edinburgh uh, Graham Butler is a, a character I've known for a bit now through just these names that pop up. And that's what's that's what's been so uh, surprising about this digital media, even before the direct-to-consumer stuff really kind of popped up, where you kind of, uh, you know, you just naturally are going to see names and, and talk to them more. And that's sometimes what you're providing. Like, hey, you're supporting my shows. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of access, whatever that's worth to you. But Graham was a name that uh, you'd see in tweets, you'd see in posts, and then to actually have interacted with them and, and met him at, at Star Wars Celebration, to put names and faces and personalities, uh, the real ones and the real people with the, the Twitter handles, is always fun. And, uh, and Graham's someone who can take a joke, and uh, he wears a kilt well, I can tell you that. And I love having him around in this community here. So uh, thank you, Graham, for checking in from Edinburgh. Edinburgh's best FM on the def FM dial. What is it on the FM dial over there? He's got to let me know. All right, this one. Hey, Ken, this is Jeff Saunders, a.k.a. Scribs, and I just want to say happy 200th episode. Um, I came into listening to the Knapsack Files uh, around about the time that you sort of set out on your own, and uh, 
I won't lie, I was going through some tough stuff at that time, and your podcast, more than anything else, uh, gave me a, a breath of uh, uh, inspiration and motivation and positivity when I really needed it the most. And uh, the, that sensibility has never gone away. And in the few years that I've been listening to you, you've been such a great example of how to be a content creator uh, today. And, uh, you know, a lot of what I do has been inspired by what you do. So uh, keep on keeping on, man. Uh, Keep up the good work. Uh, Hillbilly, out. Oh, man, Hillbilly Scribs. That's some great stuff there. Uh, Jeff, that's that's Hillbilly's roommate. Uh, Jeff is someone I also have had a chance to meet in Houston. I do believe at uh, the comedy show out there and the Schmettan stuff. And, and I appreciate the kind words and it's good. It's good for me to sometimes just to say, Hey, thanks. Um, and also you're welcome for helping you in, in some area, but it's always a little weird. Um, I am, I am a, a, a broadcaster who is always going to put himself including his mistakes, in fact, mostly his mistakes, and mostly his fears, and mostly his foibles, into into what he does. Uh, am I speaking myself in the kind of third person? Uh, I don't know, second person? Uh, and, and you don't know, especially in the early days, and Jeff's talking about, uh, he'd been listening when, you know, quote, I started going my own way, meaning like when Knapsack Files launched, and it wasn't directly part of the Schmoes network and all that kind of stuff. Um that is even even with Twitter and and Facebook uh, in full effect back then. You, you know, you were starting to see the communities, and the Schmoes community was powerful. But you don't know when you're broadcasting and putting stuff out, and you put it into the void. You don't know, and it's it, it, it's not just about will they like me. You can't be concerned about that. But I, I've heard I've, I've I've had people write me in the past just send some really sweet messages that have brought me to tears or shook me in, in, in their own way of just you guys connecting with me in certain areas. And many times you're, you're all going through worse things than I, I'm just a, a weakling trying to survive. Um, though I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm really getting better at cooking and I'm, it's making me feel a little more confident in myself <laughs> as a human, but to, to know Jeff and I know, and I've gotten to know Jeff a bit now and to know now some of the stuff that he was going through, and I haven't heard it all, and I'm not going to spill the tea on Jeff's life here, right? Um, but to know, and to know that where some of my words, which really just means where some of my fears and struggles found him and where where they intersected with his life, um, this stuff's kind of magical to hear, and it's important uh, for uh, content creators, which is a weird phrase. I don't like that term either, but I don't know what to say, but it, it it's a... We have a desire, and sometimes we have an empty hole in our soul to get on microphones and get on stage and tell jokes and tell stories because we're just working stuff out for ourselves. And that can sometimes go too far. Uh, And so it's good to hear that stuff. And, man, I really appreciate you, Jeff. And, again, I've grown to to know Jeff um, and his uh, alter ego, Hillbilly Scribs. and he's someone who does some his career, his his, his day job, as it were, uh, working with um, kids fighting cancer and working in, in, in hospitals and, and being involved with the St. Baldrick's Foundation. It makes me go, what am I doing? And how can I do it better when I when I get to know people like Jeff and Graham, too? But, you know, he follows people in the bathrooms, podcasters and YouTubers. Right, Graham?
No? Okay. Here we go. Here is uh, something from uh, our friend Tommy Terry Green. Hey, Ken. Tommy Terry Green here. Uh, congratulations on 200 episodes. Can't wait for the next 200. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say uh, my favorite ever episode was uh, a bit of a dark one, I suppose, but it was episode 46 with Dr. Vince Amelia talking about depression. Um, that episode always really, really inspired me in the way that you were so open and honest about your experiences with mental health. And I actually took that all through my career in mental health when I worked at a hospital with uh, really extreme cases, um, not just in how I would speak to patients about it, but how I would speak to staff about it, how I would speak to anyone on the street. And then when I eventually would interview new starters, I would I would tell them that it's really important to be open and honest about this kind of thing because it's an invisible illness and people don't talk about it. And unless it's brought up, it's never discussed at all. So I was always really, really inspired by that. And it was the episode I shared around all the time. So thank you so much for your, your brilliant discussion. And uh, I can't wait for what's next. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, that means a lot. And uh, as far as Tommy saying, here's the 200 more episodes. Slow down, Tommy. That's a lot of work. Okay. I got to gear up for that. Uh, Tommy's a, a producer on his own right on some great stuff, including some podcast stuff. In fact, you'll hear uh, an ad for his podcast in a lot of the episodes here in the Knapsack Files. Um, and uh, I've gotten, again, someone I've gotten to know, which is, it's, 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 I don't know. That's going to, that's a, that's a re- repeating theme because that's, literally you know kind of what discord is me hanging out with with you because i'm not a i'm not above you because i have the microphone i'm with you and so again to hear that and that episode with dr gary ventimiglia uh is still important um if you if you're joining uh, the knapsack files journey a little bit later it's episode 246 uh, excuse me 146 uh it is uh, it is a while ago and uh you can just look it up it's there and you, um, I don't know. It's 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 an episode unlike any any other because we didn't have much of a a plan. I had by this point long been out of Gary's um, care. Uh, so this is we released this August twenty six, two thousand fourteen. It is uh, on the feed now. Um, after I made the switch from Podomatic to Anchor. By the way, I'll do, I'll do a quick, this is a weird point to do it, but quick shout out to Potomatic, uh, which was a hosting company that's still small, small then, still small. Um, I, I made the switch to Anchor for some bit, for some business reasons. It w- definitely wasn't Potomatic, and I, I would directly reach out to them. I was included on some Facebook groups for uh, creators and everything, and they've been nothing but good and supportive, and I, I kind of hated leaving, but the business kind of changed, and my finances kind of changed, and, and Anchor's been a, a, a good move, but... Um, that, that, uh, you, you know, I just wanted to pay respects to them and, 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 uh, uh, and, and what they did for my career, uh, as, as a podcast, it was a great, and I had problems and they got me through some stuff, you know, how do how does this work and that and, and switch. So anyways, that episode used to, what made me think about that is that episode, because it was on Potomatic was eventually one of my most listened to episodes, which was always something really good. Uh, it was a good feeling, uh, in 2014, Though not long ago, you know, conversations about depression, self-help, self-awareness, self-care, um, how to get through it, how to reach for help, how to ask for help, all those kind of things were definitely there, um, but not as much. And so I felt a little, because depression was always something I would talk about. Depression was always something I would joke about. 
especially more back then. I am less depressed now. I, I want that. No, I'm less depressed now. It is always there, as Tommy said in his call. It's that invisible illness. And if you have it or you battle with it, and we all, and so, and every one of us in, in one way or another have some form of depression, I'm convinced. It's just, you just get down. I'm not writing it off as, ah, some days you're just down. No, that, that's depression. Uh, and it can fester and it can grow and it can sink and it can sink you. I am less depressed now because I went through some some work for years and came out of it in, in different perspective and and for me when it's a lot of the a lot of the growth came from knowing that even when really hurt or when experiencing failure and those are the things that would bring me down and then depression would be you know, I don't want to go through that again. After a while, I know once you get through it, and you can survive. Uh, I'm not even talking about small things, you know, and it's not, this isn't easy, but once you, once I as a human knew I got through some of these things and they weren't as bad as I thought, or they didn't sink me, they didn't sink me. I'm still here. I was able to battle the depression, not control it. You can never control it, but battle it and keep it in check. Uh, but I, I think it's a battle. And, and a lot of that came from the work. So for this to sit down, because at this point, episode 46, uh, you know, I've been doing some stuff, a lot of stuff with the Schmoes now. We're, we're in the next phase. I've got Scott Mance on the show, Alicia Malone, Ahmad Garrett, Tiffany Smith. Numbers are starting to grow. They're not, they're not not huge at this point, but it was like I had a little bit more, and I just felt I wanted to do something that I felt was of substance. I felt a lot of the conversations that I had put up there on the Knapsack Files had some great moments of advice and inspiration and you could connect with individual stories and be inspired by the stories. And that's what I'll always say. Anytime I'll bring in a guest, especially if they don't know me as much, um, we only know, you know, through the YouTube space or something, they'll kind of be like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, I'll, I'll, we'll tell you, we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out on air. And some people, they, yeah, they, can get a little, they can get a little nervous, but there's all, I always tell them there's something in your story. There's something in your struggles. There's something in your victories that come after the struggles, there's stuff there that people will hear out there and you will intersect with their lives at that point, like with Jeff and, and me and Tommy and the depression conversation. So this was the first time, episode 46, that I really was like, I think I want to actually put something out there that directly deals with this and um, talk to Gary, who uh, was my therapist for about four or five years, but also I had connected uh, a connection with him. Outside of that, too, before and after, uh, and he say he he saved my life in a lot of ways. When he he, he I was hanging out at, at, at a social situation that he was there, and I was just down and out. I was down and out, probably ready to check out and punch my ticket. And he's like, "You're going to my office tomorrow, at 10 a.m. No questions. We're gonna figure it out." And I did, and kept going for about four or five years. So um, I was like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And he, it, I said, "We don't." Yeah, I don't prepare stuff a lot, and I, I don't mean that in a, in a not in a, in a lack of, of preparation, but just like we, I want the flow to flow. <laughs> there, put that on a bumper sticker. Let the flow flow. And he showed up with books, some notes, and he kind of known. He kind of listened to some of my shows, but you know, didn't know what to expect. And he'd been on stuff before, been an author, and he brought in some of his books and things he wanted to talk about. And we never really got to that. We just kind of kind of went forward and 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 he, he says some great insightful stuff and still a powerful important episode so uh thank you tommy for referencing that episode there all right we got uh oh i did listen this is a fun little piece here 
Hey, Ken, it's Welsh Pete. Congratulations on 200 episodes. May the force be with you. Oh, the force is with me, Welsh Pete. Pete often pops in on my Twitch streams with that username. You can follow him on, on Twitch and he'll uh, hang out, play some music. And I, I, I heard that. I was running through these and I was like, oh, what's this? And uh, man, it's just, uh, I love the Star Wars theme. Uh, any way you slice it. And uh, it means a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Pete, for sharing that. Thank you. I can make that, I'm going to make that a ringtone. Just that version of Star Wars theme. Uh, we got a few more here. Thank you so much for indulging me, all of you out there. I don't know this episode, you know, this is, uh, there's no balloons for my rafters here. I just wanted to, this is very old style. Saturday night naps. It's been very planned lately. Everything is, um, you know, not if everything's not, not, not everything's written, but just every bit's planned. And I, I edit the, edit the episodes a little different. This is, this is me doing old style knapsack files. The mic is on. Let's figure it out. This one is from our buddy, old handsaw. Hey, Ken, this is Old Handsaw. I'm just calling in to congratulate you on 200 episodes of the Knapsack Files. One of my favorite episodes was number 68, the Knapsack on Knapsack. And that's the one where Tim Powers actually got to interview you. I'm really just kind of a sucker for those old Radio Days stories. Uh, another great thing about that episode was just seeing the early foundations of the Knapsack Files and just how far you've come and how many great shows you've created since then. So just congratulations again and keep making more. I will make more. All right. I, you know, when, when Tommy talked about 200 more episodes, I was, I was, I was a little overwhelmed by that. But uh, Old Hansos, he's right. I'm going to keep going. And I appreciate that. Uh, old Handsaw is his uh, nickname. Sean is his, uh, uh, his, his, uh, his actual name there. And I've met Sean, too, as well, and his wife out in uh, D.C., I do believe. And that was a great moment because he just kind of came up. You know, sometimes, sometimes you don't really know what folks look like or, or, you know, you see a little thumbnail photo or something. And he's like, hey, I'm Old Handsaw. And I'm like, ah, yeah, you, it's you. It's a great moment, a lot of fun. Again, uh, there's the connections. There's the connections we make. Um, and... Uh, I really appreciate what old Hansaw does for me, man. He he goes above and beyond. That clip you heard at the beginning of the segment was from this episode that he was talking about, episode 68, and he he pulled that clip for me uh, on my radio show that we do on the, uh, WLDJ, 107.5 FM. He pulls the dedications. I never asked him. He just said, hey, this is kind of fun because I was uh, referencing people within the Discord community, and, and he, he put them up, and now I put them in Saturday Night Knapsack. I, I quite frankly should credit him as like a producer, you know, uh, an actual producer of the show. Uh, and I, I'm just always blown away by that, man. I'm blown away by that stuff. Uh, the skills, he, he's designed the Saturday Night Knapsack logo, designed the Morning Drive Media logo, designed the Five Extra Minutes logo on Patreon, uh, Brian Ward has designed some great stuff. Uh, Thomas Risling did back in the day. Uh, um, the the, uh, the Kyle Harlow, uh, great uh, shirt designs and stuff and, and logo designs. You guys, uh, my in my Why We Love Star Wars, the alternate logo shirt from Kyle. It's one of my favorite things. And Old Handsaw has just been killing it with logos for me. It just gets my vibe. And, um, and I just, it's just blown away. Uh, and again, that's why I say I'm just a bloke with a microphone. You all have made this uh, a viable uh, and vibrant community, and I love it. And speaking of uh, viable and vibrant, uh, here is John Mariano. 200 episodes, what a milestone. Uh, this is John Mariano here. I just wanted to call and congratulate you on 
making it to 200 and uh, excited to listen to the next 200. Um, I just uh, was sitting here reminiscing about some of my favorite episodes and I go back to last year, I think it was episode uh, 176, you had PJ Campbell on um, discussing some of the early days of the Schmoes and the Schmo brand, but also his own endeavors and, and the similarities and differences between the two. And also him taking on the next chapter. This one really struck home with me for a lot of reasons, personal and otherwise. Um, yeah, no, this show is incredible. And I just wanted to say thank you. And I can't wait to keep listening. Oh, thank you, Johnny M. I appreciate that. I, I'm actually glad you, you mentioned that uh, that episode with um, PJ Campbell. That's one of uh, a more recent episode I've done and was one of uh, one of the last episodes I think I remember doing in person, right? Actually, actually uh, at the, uh, I think I was at the old studio, the one right before this one. Anyways, um, PJ is uh, someone who I've uh, just uh, got to know over the years through like Schmodown and stuff, but he was kind of a listener first and it is weird as open as I am with maybe even folks on discord or, or Patreon or meeting them at comedy shows on a, on a week to week basis. Um, I can get a little standoffish, you know, and, and PJ was someone who would pop around the studio and I just didn't know him. And I'm a little, and he was, he was a quote unquote, a big fan. Right. And, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to react to this guy. And he was nice. Everything about him was sweet. And he had a Yankee hat on. So I like this kid. And then you slowly just get to learn other people's stories. And when, and when you invest in other people, you get to see and feel and learn so much. And, uh, you know, PJ is, is this guy who goes out of his way to make sure everyone else is feeling good, goes out of his way to make sure everyone's feeling happy and, and uh, just wants to, just wants to be there to help. And to know that behind that was his own struggles and his own risks and things he wants to do and can't do. And, and it was a reminder to me to like, yeah, it's important to to uh, to learn to, to to find the person next to you that you don't talk to much, and start listening and learning. And 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 uh, PJ's episode was really great. And and I got to be honest, you know, right after that episode, not too long after, he went through a big life change, and we were at, you know to the point where it's almost like a little, a little joke. It was like, man, maybe maybe we should have talked about some of the stuff on the podcast because it all changed dramatically. And, uh, gosh, he's got his own stuff going on. Follow PJ stuff. He's doing a lot of great stuff with Schmodown. But there's someone who, who took some big punches to the chin and had no choice but to move forward. And he's got a lot of valuable lessons. And so I love, this is, again, going to the point here. I'm glad John brought this up. Though this has my last name on it, and I'm the one blabbing the most it always, as I said in the first episode with Matt Key way back in 2013, yeah, it's a little jokey, self-loathing stuff. But it's like, I'm not too interesting. But those those of my life are. And that's what I continue to strive to do. And as I go forward, and all right, John, calm down. You and Tommy want me to do 200 more. Calm down there. But as I, as we uh, as we continue to move forward, and, and the show changes, and bring guests on remotely and I'm trying to do a little shorter interviews uh, to kind of move things along a little faster. Unlike this episode, which is going to be apparently two hours of me just uh, reminiscing. Um, but I, I'm never going to fail to bring in people so they can share their story, especially the, the voices that aren't heard as much. Um, 
and I'm even more fascinated by the people who aren't in my industry. And I have I have a list of guests that uh, the pandemic, the lockdown situation kind of knocked some of them off course because I kind of want them in studio to, to get the feel. But we might we just might have to press on. But um, PJ is a great, great example. Someone I knew for a bit, but didn't really know. And then when I got to know him, you peel back the layers and you find this inspiring person in his own right. So uh, thank you for mentioning that, John. And thanks to uh, PJ and all the guests who have have really come on here and just given themselves to this silly little podcast. Uh, that means a lot to me. A couple more here. Hey, Ken, just wanted to call in here and congratulate you on a 200 episode. Just two of them that stuck out to my mind real quick are Journey to the Altar, the Josh and Amanda story, and then your Ken Turns 40 episode. And then, well, here's to 200 more and hopefully many more after that. If you don't go to Big Bear and we don't hear from me anymore. Well, seven blessings. <laughs> seven blessings to you, Donald. Donald's great, man. Um, wow, yeah. So I do. Grace won't let it happen. I mean, she's she's maybe kind of interested. I just kind of want to run away to Big Bear. I'll still broadcast, Donald. Don't worry. I'll bring all the gear up the mountain. I just kind of want to run away um, and and be on the mountain. Not, I want to be Luke on Octo and then not come back down. We're here. We're here, and I'll still be broadcasting, Donald. I'll still be broadcasting. Uh, yeah, the, um, the journey to the altar episode with Josh and Amanda is interesting because I, that was sneaky. I was sneaky. It's also a, a, a backdoor pilot, I guess, for what we're doing now in the afternoons there, but I brought them in and I didn't know Amanda as much. I mean, I, I definitely knew her, but I didn't know her and her story as much. I knew Josh's and I was officiating their wedding. They had asked. Uh, it was great. By the way, they were just uh, Josh, obviously one of my best friends, and, and Amanda has now, f- uh, you know, kind of slipped into that category. You know, not just be not, used to be because I, yeah, I know Josh, but getting to work with her in the afternoon, she's just a sweetheart, just a, uh, this um, this great person. But uh, and then, you know, I was nervous because I had officiated Matt and Brittany's wedding, but I knew them, and though I had met Brittany when she started dating Matt. I, I, to the, you know, got to the point where I was always around them as friends. And every, every Thursday when I go to Matt's house to write, Brittany was there and we all hung out. And and then Brittany for a while worked with me at screen junkies. And when she was working at wizard world, we, her and I got to uh, be out of some of these conventions and hang out. And and it just, Brittany and and Matt were my friends together. So I was nervous here. This was going to be a wedding. I was going to officiate with my friend, Josh and his fiance, Amanda, Oh, I didn't know as well. I'm like, how can I pull this off? I got it. I'll bring them on a podcast together. And that is how I was able to get a lot of insight into Amanda and, and, and hopefully write some some things for her in her uh, in, in the uh, wedding uh, ceremony. Um, she says I did okay, you know. Uh, so anyways, that was that was a uh, uh, glad you brought up that episode. And then the, uh, the Turning 40 episode, uh, which was back in 2016, Trying to scroll to find it here in the episode. This is an interesting note, man. And this is uh, where I'll have to thank a lot of you because there's a lot going on in my life at that point. Uh, Hey, don't we all have a lot going on in our lives? And in, uh, yes, here it is. On April 20th, 2016, a day after my 40th birthday, I released an episode I recorded actually, actually on my birthday, if I remember correctly. On my 40th birthday, I had some uh, friends on, uh, just uh, did a big round robin of a show there. I think Roger Craig Smith uh, was on, Mark Riley, I believe, definitely Matt, Brittany, I think were there too, um, my friend Jessica, a lot, a lot of folks are on there. 
big, big super episode. I have to, I, it's been a while. I have to go back and listen. Um, and what ended up, um, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Joseph Scripture was Matt Key. Oh, Lou, my, Lou, obviously, uh, my old pal Megan, uh, Brittany, and Matt were there as well. Um, yeah, what was uh, uh, forty freaked me out. Forty freaked me out, and now as, as I'm years past it here, it, it's almost laughable that forty freaked me out, and and then fifty will freak me out, and then that will be um, laughable, and that's just kind of how age works, kids. But I. I was freaked out, but it's a it's a big number, right? It's a big number, especially when you're not sure what you do, what you've done, what you accomplished, and even when I've accomplished some things I've accomplished took me too long. Again, reoccurring theme. Did that episode, and then something happened, man. My work was uh, taking a lot of energy, but also just a lot of my emotions, and I shut it all down. Didn't announce it. It wasn't like I was packing my bags and going home, but that was my last episode, April twentieth, two thousand sixteen. I uh, did not release an episode again till January 10th, 2017. Excuse me, January 7th. And then um, January 18th, uh, 2017, I was back in full. Launched the Patreon page, started doing uh, the show Life Rank, brought in Joe Starr as a guest, Emma Fife, um, doing uh, a lot of those. Roxy comes in again, um, a lot of those things. Um the show uh, started to kind of um, uh, change, grow the scope of it a little bit more. But I shut everything down, and the big reason I just shut everything down, I just, I just, I just had given up. And I, I can do this, and I don't mind going. I don't mind walking away from things. And out there, you listening shouldn't be afraid to walk away from things that are you're not happy with, or not comfortable with, or just want to make a change. Do it, do it, do it. But there's times that I have a tendency to just give up a bit and walk away from things and just try to feel good about that. And sometimes I need to, um, sometimes I need to wrap my head around things. That's okay. I always, I always cite you too. 89. We're going to go ahead, go away and dream this all up again. And they come back with Octoon baby. And it's not just a look and feel, but it was an attitude change and everything. That's okay. That's okay. And that was, this was kind of my way of doing it. I just didn't intend it that way. And when I returned to 2017, that's when this wa- went from, oh, I have this little thing I do on the side to I want to see where I can take this. And part of it was launching a Patreon page, which on the surface, I say direct to consumer, something I always uh, will thank the next caller about. And on the surface, that's money, right? I need money. You need money. We all need money. And uh, I wasn't generating income. Now I had full-time job. I had a day job for years, and this is on the side. But I thought to myself, I want this to be more. I want this to be something I do, not something I do on the side. Even though emotionally this, uh, I was more connected with these things than you know, my old day jobs. Uh, but I went away, and I would, again, it wasn't in a good way. It was like, this, this might never come back. And then I said, let's do this. In 2017, the turn of the year... Uh, turn of the tide. Uh, I started working at Collider, so some some things have changed my life as well. So this came back, and I launched that Patreon page, which at the time I would not ever, I could never have guessed what that would mean in terms of building this community around the show. Which again isn't me; that's you all doing that. So that's why I want to thank you. 
because I walked away. I put down the mics. It was done. They were packed up. They were packed up and done. I wasn't bringing them out. Wasn't bringing them out, but was able to do this, uh, come back. And now this is what I do. I wake up every day. And unlike in eighth grade where I have to go to school, <laughs> I just do this. I just do this. And I, I thank all of you for making that possible. Sincerely. Really. Thank you. All right. Here's this one from uh, Matt. And I'll talk about uh, what, I, what I said, what, why I want to thank him. Hey, Ken. Matt Thompson here, leaving a message for your 200th episode of the Knapsack Files. Congratulations. Um, I just wanted to leave a little message about uh, my favorite parts about the Knapsack Files has to be uh, the guests that you bring on and the things I learn and remember and, and feel nostalgic for, whether that's uh, you and Jay Washington talking about life lessons learned through wrestling, uh, five extra minutes with Joy uh, Candro uh, talking about Deadpool, who I am also a huge fan of, or whether it's finding true insight during a trip to a 7-Eleven. Um, all of these things and more are some of the, my favorite parts about the Knapsack Files. Um, and I just wanted to say congratulations. Uh, I hope to hear from you guys again, and let's hope to hear another 200 episodes. You guys, you guys keep pushing me to do more episodes. Calm down. All of you, calm down. Thank you, Matt. Matt Thompson, congratulations again on your recent wedding. With uh, your lovely bride, Shelly. It was great to watch. Uh, he s- streamed it live, safe and socially distant. And I actually had that up, was watching it while I was recording my radio shift the other day. And it was it was just great. It was so great. This, this Patreon thing, I, I think I want to talk a little bit more. I, I have talked about it in other spots, especially in the TNF boardroom, which is uh, something you can access to the, the higher tiers on Patreon. But I'll talk about open honestly in the time I have left here on this show. Because it's, uh, there's money involved. It's a fun, it's, hey, I do this thing. Do you want to support me? And you want to pay me uh, a, a dollar amount uh, each month? And, and, and I'll try to give you this and you give me this and that. And I'll tell you something. It's weird. I'll tell you something. It's, it's never something I've been comfortable with. But it's kept me going. And I've seen other brands and shows and people and I don't say this like jealousy type I just said they're doing great things because of it and they build this content and people get into it and I wish I had I always wish I had more time for it uh and I I put a I put a lot of effort into it by the way but I I, I always tend to put more effort into my shows that are made possible by Patreon and then versus I need to get back on doing things every day on Patreon and everything but we're in the Discord server too let me not beat myself up. But I've always expressed some sort of, I don't know if I should be doing this. And I'll say this. The, the reason I think that that exists, the reason I think that that happens for folks like me is, especially for me being a little bit older in this space, is I grew up when, you know, to have a TV show meant you were on maybe even one of only three networks. And then maybe high cable, right? Early 90s. Oh, there's uh, Comedy Central's got shows. Or you're on the radio. Or you get signed by a manager or an agent and you sell something, you sell script and everything. And that is our view of success. But it was a, a message from, from Matt early on when I was expressing some of these 
hey, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for your support. I don't know why you do, but, you know, my typical self-loathing kind of humor, but self-deprecating. Sometimes it's self-loathing. Sometimes it's self-deprecating, and those mean two different things to me. But Matt wrote me and was like, look, man, let me let me just tell you what it is. Like, I, I paid X amount a, a month for Netflix or X amount a month for this service. And it's all changed now. We don't, you know, I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but it's like we don't just flip on the TV and have the channels and that's it. Or we get in the car on the radio. This is what we do now. And, you know, and I'm like this, too. Like, like I have the, I'm a big wrestling fan. I don't watch it much anymore. But I, I love it. I love the history of it. And I have the WWE Network. I, th- I, don't, I, figure, I don't even know what I pay for the WWE Network anymore. It used to be nine ninety nine. I don't know if it's gone up. I did, they just deduct it automatically. And I maybe have watched it three times in the last seven months. But it's always there. You watch one pay-per-view, it pays for itself back, right? So even I watch in a different way. And Matt would say, look, I'll, I'll, I'll pay X amount a month for Netflix or some service like that. And then I don't really watch it. But I listen to you. Every day. And if subscribing to you or supporting you for a certain amount every month keeps you going, you're an entertainment option that I choose. And again, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he kind of was like, let me choose that. That's not for you to decide. It's for you to offer. But that's for me to decide. And uh, that that I always took that to heart because we're talking business here. We're talking about this is my livelihood. And signing with a big podcast network, unless you're unless you're a big name, it doesn't get you much. Podcasts, even the big ones, grow organically. Some of them have had starts with the names involved. Some of them had, have had starts with the companies behind them. I don't think I'll ever break through to that on this show. I'm hope I'm hoping Box Score Heroes catches a little more fire in the baseball world. Force Center does well for itself in the Star Wars community, but Knapsack Files is just me. On the, on, on the iTunes back in the day, Apple Podcasts. Now, I think a couple Knapsack episodes maybe got into, like, the top 200. Four Center's generally on there on, on the podcast feed in the lower, uh, you know, 180, 190, 170 range. We've had some good weeks. That's so different. But this is a business and it has to be viable. And so I, I've always remembered that little uh, message exchange with Matt. And I thank him for that. And I thank, uh, thank you for your message, Matt. Uh, it means a lot. Thank you for your support. All right, uh, final one of the day, I do believe. Here we go. Hey, Ken, it's Evan. Congratulations on 200 episodes of the Knapsack Files. Uh, I've been following you since Jedi Alliance Episode 1. That was our introduction. Um, When it comes to favorites, I might be the afternoon's pilot that I believe aired on the Knapsack Files, but I also uh, love the three things when planning a trip to Disneyland as well as um, Hot Sizzler Nights. Missed that show greatly. Um, but I also got to throw a shout out to uh, Inside Tinseltown with Dutch and Petey, of course. Um, Ken, I just want to say thank you. You uh, got me through college. Now you've started me on the early parts of my career. Um, I look forward to your episodes on drives to and from work. And uh, I can't wait for the next 200. So uh, cheers. Again with the next 200. Everyone wants me to keep going. Unbelievable. Evan, Evan, thank you. It only makes me feel a little bit too old that I got Evan through college and then above uh, above and beyond it. Um, I didn't get him through. Evan got him through, but you know what I mean? It's like when I work with RB3 and and he tells me, oh, the first time I heard you on uh, Schmoes, I was like 13, 14 years old. What? Impossible. But that means a lot. That means a lot because it means uh, the journey we all have 
uh, the struggles we all have. Though there's some specific things we all go through and there's some specific experiences and perspectives we all have, the general human existence is shared and the journeys are shared. We are all here on the spinning planet for a short, short time. And I love that. I love hearing that from Evan. And 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 he mentions the the pilot to the afternoons, like I said up top. A lot of things have grown out of this feed. I just feel safe to try stuff here. And giving Dutch Allen a show or Nolan Guthrie a show or messing about on Saturday at Napsock or saying, Josh, hey, you and I don't have jobs right now. Let's try to develop something. We can host it on my feed. And then when time's right, we'll move it somewhere else. Like different life ranked or three things or doing those kind of shows. Uh, Box score heroes again, uh, talking baseball here uh, on, on this feed, Star Wars. I, I, it, Evan mentioned Jedi Alliance, which I'm, I'm forever grateful for. I have a positive, uh, just a positive feeling always about that show and working with Maud Garrett and everything. Still one of the best people I've ever broadcast with. You know, she uh, she and I had did something fun and special. It was the first time I kind of felt community, and and I knew I was going to miss that. I knew I was, I was going to miss having a place to talk Star Wars, and I so I had the Knapsack Files. Spotlight Star Wars? I was even joking about this with Joseph off-air the other day. Like, Spotlight Star Wars was never intended to be the name of one show. Spotlight, colon, Game of Thrones, colon, Baseball, colon, Star Wars. It was a series I wanted to do on the Knapsack Files. Then Spotlight Star Wars for a while was all I did. There is a period, if you go back and look, I think in 2015, probably leading up to the Force Awakens stuff, where I just I couldn't get guests in. It was hard. Yeah, I had a roommate at the time, and it, we, we were great roommates. We roommates for years. We, didn't, we never really had any issues. But, you know, you don't, you, it's, you don't want to invite a guest. It's like even now, I have a home studio here, but it's in my home. So to bring a guest into the studio means uh, Grace has to stay in her office or leave the house or we got dogs that will will kill humans. Um, uh, the seven pounds, uh, six pounds of Chihuahua furry, uh, fury too. If you're uh, ratsy, it's it is invasive, it is intrusive, and so to, uh, I was able to sit down and just talk Star Wars for a long time on this feed, and you guys allowed that. Josh and I were able to develop the afternoons for about five six episodes on here and then move it elsewhere, and you guys allowed that. You guys have gone with. Me on the journey. And that's always been the thing I'm most thankful for because I think podcasts work better. And long form interviews are a little different. But I think, you know, think looking at Marin, who's still one of the best, and, and I love Mark Marin's show, and and and, and Marin himself uh, is still one of my favorite performers. Uh, you know, his, his he got there early, which if I had not been so stubborn about podcast technology, I think I would have got there uh, sooner. I'm not saying I would be on Marin levels, but I think. Uh, would have, I I I start I thought I thought about starting a podcast in like two thousand nine or ten at least that's when it first kind of popped up and that's when I was like absolutely not read I'm afraid of technology I'm afraid of new things I'm afraid of success no thanks it was a problem um but the Napsack Files is me the brand is me for better or worse it isn't a here's a show about true crime here's a star wars show here is a game of thrones show here's a baseball feed i think those things work more i think there's a better track record of success if it is those narrow focused ideas could just be me again if you're a personality a bigger personality uh, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan he can talk about anything and people are invested for him and he is the brand he has a big head start. Not everyone out there has that audience, and, and you won't have that audience. So I think 
if I have any advice for people, find the show you want to tell, have some fun with the, the idea. It's you. Make it you. Broadcast with a character and a point of view and momentum. I'm not talking about wacky sketch characters, but you as a broadcaster, who are you? Make that a persona. Make that a point of view that, that you can um, uh, work with and make it authentic, too, though. But I've always worried that Napsack Files, it's its own kind of weird thing. And if you invest in me, you invest in me. But if you don't, you don't. And the numbers come and go. And I don't talk schmo down enough. <laughs> you know, uh, Star Wars is on another channel. Game of Thrones is another channel. Now baseball will be on another channel. This is me. This is me. And it's always been me. And I don't want this to be about me. Because it's about the guests and it's about the community around it. But that's been initially the hardest thing of can I be me? What is me? Can I be honest by also not alienating? Can I be truthful, raw, but have it not be sensationalized and have it be impactful? And time after time, it's you out there listening that have made it all work. That is the theme for the day. And I appreciate you all joining me on the journey. Life is absolutely short. Uh, recently, just at the time of recording this week, uh, um, a gentleman by the name of Grant Imahara uh, was taken from us uh, very suddenly. And I was uh, friends with Grant, but I wasn't close with, with Grant. Uh, you always got to make that clear. People can, I don't want to act like something that is, well, uh, something there was there that wasn't, but to be clear, Grant and I were friends and he was very close with people I was very close with. And so we, there was a good stretch of time that we were around each other a lot. And, and he's just one of my favorite people. Um, and every time that was one of the things he was so giving and so kind and so generous with his time effort and it was invested and made everyone in the room feel better. He was often the smartest and most successful person in the room and, and in a town full of ego and, and chest pounding on this is what I do and this is who I am and look at me and watch me and listen to me. Grant was more successful than, again, almost anyone in the room. And he was the least concerned with it and in the most giving of himself. And we lost him this week. Um, and his friends and family, those who were really close to them, are just he, they're just absolutely reeling. I'm someone who was, you know from a certain distance looking at it, but it, it broke me. It, it, it broke me up because it's like, no, not that guy. That's not right. But it was a reminder of the, of the, the brevity of life to do, to be you with the time that you have. Like the Gandalf says, and, and Grant would probably quote him because he was a nerd, man. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given with you. That is so true. And I hate these reminders. I hate these reminders. And, and a lot of you out there might be suffering some kind of loss right now, too. And that's what you can take from it. Be you, because this is all the time we have to be you. And you know who that you is. Just like me back in my room in eighth, ninth grade, recording a show into a room with no one listening doing silly voices and acting like I knew what I was talking about on a microphone. That was me. And I ran from it and I took my time and I delayed my path, put obstacles in front of myself. And there's always going to be obstacles that you don't put there. And so when you add your own, it makes it worse. 
be you. Be giving. Be kind. Even in the face of adversity and toughness, and even if you have strong opinions on how things should go, don't erase kindness from your conversations. Don't erase kindness from your interactions. And I, and I mean even in places where it seems like uh, the kindness uh, doesn't belong. Be that. Be that person. Because that, that is, I don't know, that's a legacy, man, that you shouldn't strive to leave. Uh, and losing someone like Grant and stories, I, stories that I, there's a lot of stories that I can't share that aren't mine, but I, I will share one um, that was specific to me. Uh, years ago, I don't know, 2012 range, 2012, 2013 range is also fuzzy and hazy. And I was, you know, Matt Key is my friend, as I've talked about, and that's why he's on the show. And, I, and Matt Key was my friend and my writing partner and close. And I worked with him every week and he had these great friends that I was meeting. And some of them I, I got to be close with, or, um, you really got to know and got to work with and be cool. And, and, and some of them are still friends now, or some of them I talked to in a few years, but there was this, this magical, magical nerd Shangri-La that had sprung up here in LA. Matt Key uh, kind of sponsored me into that group, and I was always kind of a little out of my element. I was the guy that was like, hey, what are you all doing on Super Bowl? Are you going to watch the game? And they're like, oh, we're going to Disneyland. We don't watch sports. I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. And they're like, ah, we don't know what to do with you. Um, it was all in good fun and, and just great people. And Grant was part of that, man. And I got invited to do a, a D&D game, Dungeons and & Dragons, and I never really played it. It was shocking. You would think, uh, <laughs> just looking at me or talking uh, to me or listening to me talk about my life, that I would have been playing Dungeons & Dragons when I was like 10 and on, but I wasn't. I didn't. And I wanted to do it. And and one of my friends, uh, a guy named Matt Mercer, some of you might know, is is, is like world famous now for being a, a Dungeons & Dragons GM or a Dungeon Master DM at times. And his wife, his now wife, Marisha's uh, part of that. They're all part of Critical Role, big brand. And and back then, that, that was all kind of starting out. I was I was kind of there in some of those weeks when they're like, hey, next week we're going to try this Dungeons & Dragons show on Twitch. We're going to see how it happens. And uh, I was intimidated. I was intimidated. And we were. I was driving to Matt's house to play this first game of, of Dungeons & Dragons, and I just didn't know wh- why I was there. And these are friends. This is not being taped. It's not being broadcast. I just was so out of my element and didn't think I was going to have fun. I was embarrassed. I was like, I was like, I, these all they're so, I don't belong here. They're all so good and they're all so funny and they're all so talented and they're all so successful. And I was paired with Grant and uh, Matt. Matt Mercer was like, well, you guys are, you guys, your characters are going to be like you, brothers or teams. I'm going to bring you into the story here. I found a way to bring you into our campaign. You guys are going to play and. And Grant, at the time, I don't think he had played Dungeons & Dragons as much as I think he would go on to play it a lot. But And he, I was like, okay. Like, even then, because, like, you know, I didn't know Grant as well. And I was like, gosh, what am I going to do? And this is who he was. He showed up with a smile and a song that we were going to sing as dwarf. Uh, uh, we were, we were uh, a warrior dwarf uh, pair, brothers, or, uh, I believe. And uh, he had, like, a little history, and he was all prepared. And he just made me feel so comfortable in a room where I just felt I had no place at the table. And we laughed and we joked and we spoke to spoken weird, uh, you know, warrior dwarf Gimli like accents. And it's my cl- and I've had a lot of other interactions with him, but it was my that was my big one on one, and that was just um, it's on my heart to share because it, it was just powerful in, in its own way. Because here's someone who just 
without trying, had kindness in his heart, without trying, brought joy to the table, without worrying about who you were or what you are or what you did, just simply said, let's go on this journey tonight. Let's have some fun. Let's make some memories. And as you see, an outpouring of all the people that were affected by his life, um, that's a theme over and over again. He gave so much of, of himself. And that, to me, it's not something that I'll say this podcast feed is about or this 200th episode is about, but it's what I, I hope to strive to be. And I hope my silly little journeys and my silly little fa- failures and my jokes about it meet you and find you. And we all continue to grow together and we all continue to put some positivity, some joy, some kindness, some understanding, some compassion, some empathy, and some insight into our own journeys. And I hope we all put it together and we can get on the same path because we have to be on the same path to move forward. You have to come to the table, talk it out and figure it out. And I think that starts with kindness. That starts with including everyone around you on the journey, not worrying about who they are or who you are, just that we're all here together. Thanks, Grant. Uh, your uh, passing has broken so many hearts, um, mine included, but um, so many people close to me are just just torn up about this, as they should. It's quite a loss. Um, and it's inspired me uh, to refocus on some things in my life, and, and I hope anyone listening, and I hope if you watched Grant on Mythbusters or uh, the Netflix show he was on with White, White Rabbit or anything he's done, I, 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 he was as great as he seemed. And I hope that inspires you to be you because that's the time we have. Today is the time to be you, not tomorrow. That's it. That is it. The 200th episode of the Knapsack Files. It's in the books. I don't know if that one episode should have counted at episode 43. But I did. I counted it. So we're here. All right, everybody. Bye. And oh, yeah. Okay, John, Tommy, Evan, Matt. I'll try for 200 more.